0: Time. This is the Scoop Duck, Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck Podcast. Every game. You're going to go back to throw the ball. Sets up, left, toward the corner of the zone, it is intercepted! intercepted! The of the ball! Every story. And so we just continue to push and grind and go and take care of our guys. It's going to be built to last. The Scoop Duck Podcast. Scoop Duck owner Justin Hopkins and Matt Bagley from 961 580 the game We're back Scoop Duck and High Five Matt Bagley and Justin Hopkins uh, there are a billion topics that we could address with regards to Oregon football I think about the big one a guy that that could very well be the first overall pick in the next NFL draft if his luck wins out and I think about some some great seniors that had an extra year of eligibility and will instead work towards their futures and prepare for the combine but instead i'm just gonna ask the obvious how are you doing my friend are you okay you safe
1: yeah yeah feel feel good today you know the last couple of days um you know we've been fortunate that you know i haven't had a, a fire at my doorstep but you know there, there has been a couple get you know, within a mile or two as a crow flies and you just never know with those things, how they can hop around. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it it definitely puts the perspective on things. You know, you, you tell the kids to go downstairs and pack a bag just in case and, and, and try to, you know, make sure that they're, uh, you know, that they understand that you're just being precautious and, 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 uh, you know, keep their nerves calm, um, from being too concerned about it, but I, I'm good. I know, you know, so many other people are, you know, far less fortunate than myself. And, um, uh, you know, Kim and I took some, some stuff down to the, uh, the expo yesterday. We had about eight or nine bags of kids clothes that had had been in here. Uh, I took a couple extra coolers that I had that I wasn't using. Um, you know, I figured somebody would use them and, and we're right. just, you know, today we're going to try and get back out there this afternoon after you and I are done and, and just see if there's any other ways that we can help. But, uh. And that's, you know, it's not really about me. I just encourage people to do that. If you have the means, if you have the time, get out there and help your neighbor, you know, help, help the neighborhood down the road from you. Help, you know, a friend that you see post on Facebook or, you know, go down to a church and volunteer or whatever the case might be. You know, there's a lot of people out there that that, that need your help and, and uh, are a lot less fortunate than uh, than you are today.
0: Spot on. No, I, I obviously we're talking about the fire in southern Oregon, but I know right now there's the, the fire in, in the Staten area, um, the one in, in Clackamas County that is really severe, and the one on the Sanium River that just breaks my heart because that's oh. Sanium Highway is my favorite stretch of road in the state. It's freaking beautiful, and uh, the destruction is, is unfathomable. Um, I, I know our, our backgrounds are a little different in that you moved to the Rogue Valley fairly recently and uh, I, I grew up there, been there most of my life, uh, only recently left. I can't think of anything like this ever happening in my life. Uh, do you have any experience of anything like this ever happening for you?
1: No, not you know, not like this and not, I mean we've you know, as you know, Um, You know, last summer we were pretty fortunate, but the summers before that we had some, you know, some of the severe smoke in here, but none of those fires were actually dangerously close, you know, they were all out in the outskirts and we were just getting the the smoke from them, which was, which was, you know, which was terrible we had, you know, I know folks in Eugene and, and certain areas of Portland and Salem are experiencing really bad smoke and. As you know, we went through that for about two months down here for two straight summers, and it was brutal. Um, but again, the fires weren't dangerously close to cities and didn't rip through, uh, you know, the cities of Phoenix and Talent and, uh, and Northern Ashland like it did uh, last couple of days here. Right. So um, nothing like that. And, and I, I do say, you know, it's the first time I've ever packed a bag thinking, okay, you know, fire's coming, might have to get out of the house. And, you know, and I looked at the kids and said, I'm not going to be the stubborn guy that says you're, you know, that I'm going to tell the cops I'm staying here. They come, we're in the car and we're getting the F out of here. Just get whatever you need to get. And let's get out of here. Right. You know, I we can replace everything. So, um, I understand that person. I understand not wanting to leave your home, but, uh, you know, everything that I would have needed from this house would have gotten in that car. So, yeah,
0: no. And, and I forgot, you know, you mentioned, um, the Eugene area right now, uh, Vida and the McKenzie river area. And, and that just breaks my heart. Like you said, uh, to, to be in that situation where you get that knock on the door or you get that phone call and you have to go, um, that breaks my heart. Absolutely. Just just ripping right now. Um, I, I do believe really strongly in the idea that sports can be a comfort and a distraction from that. It's something I talked about on my show last night, and so I, I wanted to start with the fires, but... I also want to talk football and uh and and you know express my thanks. We don't have the Pac-12, don't have the Big 10, but this feels like the first normal college football week that we've had this year.
1: It uh it does. It's really weird. <laughs> it uh you know, you and I are sitting here and and obviously uh you know we f- we focus on the ducks we definitely focus on the pack 12 and everybody's well aware that the ducks aren't playing this weekend and i guess that's the other thing you start thinking about is man even if that game would have stayed on they probably wouldn't have ended up playing it right. against ohio state right the aqi they would have canceled it yeah it would have been canceled there's no way they would have continued with that game um but yeah i mean i i know we kind of chatted for just a moment before we hit the record button here but i, I you know NFL is on tonight. College football is on tonight. I know we've had a few college football games along the way so far. You know, some of them getting started. Um, I've even found some some uh, reconciliation watching some of the high school games that have been, been played around the country and some Oregon targets and Oregon commits playing. Um, you know, just kind of seeing that game, uh, you know, take place and, and seeing, I guess, more than anything, seeing so far, seeing basically everybody – Having been able to play those games safely um, and with, you know, uh, with no negative outcomes, um, you know, just just everything kind of being able to move forward. And I I, I do understand that it's a a conference by conference, state by state, uh, you know, judgment on that. So I'm not saying that the state of Oregon or Pac-12 has got it wrong. It's just nice to see it happen and, uh, and and nice to have it on TV. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean everything's going safe right now as long as you take Lincoln Radley's word for it.
1: Right yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's you know, it's it's a double edged sword. I realize that, that this crosses into political areas and, and that people are definitely um you know, all I don't know how you want to say it, but they're on red alert as soon as you start getting political at this moment, which is why you and I keep away from that keep away from that kind of fray. We try. But yeah. We try. But I I do appreciate seeing live sports on. I do see, you know, I do, like you said, if everybody's stressed out about fires and smoke, it's nice to kind of have that almost return to normalcy or just that break away from reality and and being able to allow yourself, you know, to get reimmersed in sports once again. Uh, I know the NBA basketball is on once the Blazers were out. I I was kind of done anyway, so I don't even know who's playing there. So just give me all the football. And UFC. <laughs> football and UFC. And I'm good. Um,
0: well, let's talk to Oregon football for a few minutes. You were ahead of the curve, like always. You, you, you put on Scoop Duck a few weeks back that this was going to happen. Um, but you couldn't like break it. You, you didn't get scooped by anybody. Nothing really came through until Monday. Uh, and now the world knows panay sewell is going to focus on the nfl draft what do you think about that
1: easy choice no brainer i mean uh with all the uncertainty of college football and the conferences and what the pac 12 is doing um you're you're talking like you said you're talking about potentially being the number one pick if you're not the number one pick you're probably the number two pick uh, you know, I would say pretty much guaranteed number top five pick. Yes. Uh, you know, in this draft, you're talking big money. Um, and and uh, for a guy like Panay Sewell, your stock's not going to get any higher. You're not going to come back to Oregon and show everybody that you're uh, the premier offensive tackle in the country. Everybody already knows that. And the fact that you're 19 and already at the top of your game, I think really sells you know his stock even more that an nfl gm is basically saying we're getting a 19 year old kid that's played two years of college football and he's already this freaking good mm-hmm. get him into camp so um I, you know i do i know i was realistically as a media i was the first one to basically say he's going and i know i just posted it on scoop duck i didn't put it on twitter and stuff like that but even with me doing that it was an obvious choice it was the right choice um you know and uh gosh it makes me sad it makes me sad i would love to see panace tool for another season just absolutely bitching around everybody on the defensive line but uh i mean just given all that's going on it, it was it was the right choice and the obvious choice for him yeah i
0: i i say top five i i say probably number one overall if that number one team doesn't need a QB, um, but if they if they don't need a QB, I think he's the first guy off the board. Uh, I asked this question on my show last night. I was trying to come up with a Mount Rushmore for Oregon. Normally, I hate this kind of question, but if if you could come up with a Mount Rushmore for Oregon football,
1: is he on it? Absolutely, without question. I mean, you're talking about somebody that was nationally recognized as a true sophomore best offensive tackle in the country, best offensive lineman in the country um, in just his second year. I mean, whether he played – I almost give him the 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 benefit of, of playing a third year and say, look, he, he basically played three years at Oregon, and he was the best to do it. I realize that he didn't play a third actual season, but that's not his fault. Um, he's on the Mount Rushmore, and easily, easily – I shouldn't say easily, but he's definitely one of the top – non-quarterback players to ever play at the university of oregon just such a special talent yeah
0: i I think that's a wise catch because the other name that comes to mind for me is marcus right who are the other two for you
1: well you know that's tough you know honestly you know it's really tough not to get too quarterback heavy when you're talking about oregon you talk about joy harrington akili smith guys that have had tremendous careers and then there's so many great running backs. There's a Ruben Drones and there's Jay Stu and there's, you know, uh, Michael James and guys that just had absolutely amazing careers at Oregon. And and you'd, you'd be much resigned if you didn't put a hello to nada on there somewhere. Um, I think he's got to be up there. And Panay Sewell's up there. And Marcus is up there. So, really, who's the fourth? That's that's tough. I mean, you talk about Harrington. You know, you're talking about Jay Stu. You're talking about just some of the best Ducks to ever play, and I know I'm I'm speaking more in, you know, like 2000s to current, but, uh, and there's been some great Ducks before that, you know, Dan Fouts and others, but um, that, that fourth spot's really tough for me. I, I can get those three up there. I have a tough time picking the, the fourth one. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm I not too sure. It's it's one of the reasons why I, I always dislike those kind of questions, but it popped in my mind with Panay because – the impact that he has on this program, um, the, the Oregon football program, I don't even think Coach Cristobal can put it into words. What what he means to this team is is really special.
1: Yeah, I mean, you clearly see, uh, you know, I know we'll get into it, but with Panay uh, announcing his decision and Diamador and Thomas Graham all announcing their decisions, you see in their letters specifically mentioning Coach Cristobal and what he's done to the program, what he's done for them, um, you know, I I, I do believe, uh, honestly, given all that's going on, it seemed like the obvious choice. I still don't think it was that easy for them to forego the season, and and for a number of things. First off, I know they want to be there for their teammates. I know they want to play, you know, ride one more time, if you will. Um, I know they appreciate all those things. But I, I I think what makes a lot of this probably harder than anything else is the fact that. There's a lot of folks around the city of Eugene and inside that building that felt like this was a national championship contending team. Obviously, they were going to need good quarterback play. They were going to need the offensive line to come together. But you start looking at the pieces on defense. You start looking at the pieces all around on this team, and there's not many holes. And there's good depth, and there's really good players coming into the program behind them that you, know, you start thinking, okay, could this guy – Let's just use Dante Manning, for example, five-star defensive back. Mm -hmm. Could Dante Manning start week one, game one, and be ready? Maybe, maybe not. He wouldn't have had to under normal circumstances, but you're talking about a guy that maybe gets four or five games in. Thomas Graham gets hurt. They need Deontay Manning for a game. You're talking about four or five weeks in, another month of, of actual competition of live game action, and you might have a guy that's ready to play. So, I just think there was a lot of optimism about this team, and I'm sure that it was something that was really hard for Panay and these other guys to walk away from knowing that. Yeah.
0: No, no, most definitely. Um, You mentioned Lenore, Thomas Graham as well. Uh, Tell me about the impact that they left at Oregon and and maybe the impact of their departure from Oregon.
1: Well, you know – you know, first off, that was a really tremendous duo, uh, cornerback duo. Might even be if you think if you think about it, all things considered. I understand Oregon's had some some really good corners that have come through the University of Oregon, but they haven't often had two solid starting corners play like that for three years together. You know, uh, together they've you know kind of had one guy here and there. I, I think that might be Oregon's best cornerback duo in program history. They've got a lot of numbers to support that. I think another season for them would have been tremendous for their draft stock. But again, that season needed to happen now, not in January, which is potentially going to happen. So I understand their decision, but I, I think they could have benefited from another year in the program of film, of getting better, of making mistakes, learning from those mistakes, um, having some better competition at wide receiver to go up against week in and week out. Cause Oregon's elevated that room uh, quite a bit as well. Um, more importantly, something that I'll dig back into, but, you know, we often talk about the Cali flock movement and and getting those guys from Southern California up to Oregon. And that was, that was two big wins there. Those were the, you know, both Lenore and Graham top 100 players, you know, both guys that had flirted with going to USC at different points, had some big time offers, um, you know, two very public, individuals, at least in the, the recruiting circuit. And, you know, ultimately, you know, I know we talk about Jonah Talonu and and, and and Justin Flo and some of these other in cave on Thibodeau, some of these guys, Oregon's been able to sneak in late, but we can't lose track of, of what it meant to, to kind of start things off with those guys. Um, and, and that year in, in the uh, 2016 and 2017 and into that 2018 year, you know, those guys really kind of helped start a movement and, um, uh, And not only that, once they got on the team, I know they helped continue to recruit guys out of that area for the staff that they had played with in the previous years before they got to Oregon. So, um, you know, one of my favorite things I've seen today on Twitter, and there's been some great stuff, but is that video with Thomas Graham and, and Camden Lewis and just, you know, having that moment before the big kick. And, you know, obviously Camden Lewis had been struggling there, kicking field goals and stuff. And Thomas Graham, great teammate on the sideline, quick moment of prayer. And just really kind of goes to show what these players meant to this program. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, how do you feel about their draft status?
1: Well, uh, I think I've done a really good job of, of putting on some green glasses and and, uh, and 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 buttering them up, and I have a lot of respect for those two players. Th- that's tough. You know, you're talking about a couple guys that needed to do a little bit more work. I think you're talking about a couple guys that. It ultimately need to be a little bit faster for, for the overall speed for the NFL game. Um, and it doesn't mean they couldn't couldn't and weren't and aren't great college football players. But as you and I both know, and most of the people listening to this, college football and NFL speed are totally different. You know, you, you have to be you have to be a tremendous athlete to play college football. You have to be an exceptional athlete to play in the NFL and, and in particular at corner. Um, neither of those guys are especially big. You know, Thomas Graham is, is under that six foot mark. Uh, you know, Lenore is, is is right at it at best and, and neither are especially long. So if you're not, if you're not the bigger body type, if you're not the lengthy body type at corner, you know, you usually have to make up for it with exceptional speed in the NFL. And I don't know that either, either of them have it. And, and, and again, I'm not picking on them. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to be realistic. I think those guys are probably, unless things change, unless they can have a tremendous pro day unless they can have a a tremendous uh you know times at the combine unless something changes from what we've seen over the last three years based on what we know right now you know i think they're probably realistically hoping for the fourth round and and and, you know probably land somewhere in the late fourth fifth sixth round somewhere in there depending on needs um doesn't mean they can't have a great career doesn't mean they can't uh make an impact doesn't mean they can't get better but just right now, with the way I see things, I think they're looking at best fourth round, and, and more than likely fifth, sixth, maybe even potentially seventh round.
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Day three makes sense, and it's not a death sentence by any means. I, I think back to a guy that my Raiders got in round five this past year, a corner out of Louisiana Tech, Amik Robertson. That I want to say he's five foot eight, maybe five foot nine, but he made the team. And he made the team because, you know, the same reason they drafted him, they loved what he showed on tape and they loved the player that he was in practice and and the uh, tried and true ability to get the job done at that cornerback position. I know that these guys aren't going to be the fastest, and and I think about how our friend QB11 uh, tweeted out today how the best thing Graham and Lenore can do is speed training over the next five months so that they get a good combine 40-yard dash score. But um, I I think these guys, the tape is going to be what wins out for them, and, and that ability to practice well and perform well, even if the measurables aren't there, I think that's going to be their saving grace at the next level.
1: Yeah, and 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 to boot, you know, uh, just as I mentioned a few minutes ago, Thomas Graham and the and the great video of him, you know, with Camden Lewis, you know, character. These guys have good oh, yeah. character. That they didn't get into trouble. Um, you know, those are all things that will help them. And and I think if you're an NFL GM and you've got player A and player B you know, and it's that close, you're going to start looking at those types of things like character and, and what these guys do and what, what they do off the field. And, uh, you know, I know that's not the first thing that these GMs look at because at the end of the day, they've got a field, a very talented squad, but when it gets down to, you know, the nitty gritty, those are the little things that make a difference and, and can, you know, potentially move you from a seventh round guy into the sixth round or, or the middle of the sixth into the late fifth and, and, I know that doesn't doesn't make a huge difference monetarily, but it gets you on a team, and yeah. that's you know that's the name of the game.
0: Hey, when you speak about character and NFL teams valuing that, my mind immediately goes back to Jawan Johnson, who we've had on the pod before, uh, didn't get drafted, didn't initially make the final fifty three, but he's on the Saints practice squad. How about that?
1: Yeah. I think, you know, there's something to be said. Um, you know, I know that a a lot of people like to, to gripe on rankings and Juwan Johnson coming out of high school was a highly decorated, highly ranked wide receiver. And, you know, the first thing that you're immediately looking at is the measurables. He's got those. I mean, he's got those in spades and, uh, you know, you you just can't coach it. You can't coach six six two hundred and twenty five two hundred and thirty pounds that can run the way he does. And and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think injuries have definitely been a huge part of of his career so far at Penn State and at Oregon. And and I think that's a guy there that you know you, you again you you you're the Saints. You say, hey, look, this guy is six foot five, six foot six, he can run, he can move, he's a good guy, he's not going to get in trouble, he's not going to be you know, a cancer in the locker room. He's not going to be any of that, you know, type of mess. Let's keep him around. Let's keep developing him. Let's keep working with him and, and see if we can get him past some of these things and, and, and potentially you got a player there. And, and I'm, I know that, you know, I saw you, I, I saw you post on Twitter about it and I'm equally as excited just to see him continue to have those opportunities because, I know it was only one year, but Jawan Johnson was such a positive influence around the city of Eugene, and people around there, and the yeah. locker room, and the team, and and you just love to see good guys like that get opportunities. So, uh, I know I'm completely stoked about it too. I hope it works out for him. Yeah,
0: no knock on the rest of that Duck senior class, because but between him and Troy Dye and and the offensive line, there were a lot of legends there. But I I just I felt touched when we interviewed Jawan and, and getting to know him and what he's about and I, I just I every time I've interviewed players, I, I always think about how generally they're they're pretty hesitant. Um, they they don't open up easily to broadcasts in the media and and they they generally they're twenty two, they're focused on football I'm not going to call anybody dumb, but I think a lot of athletes aren't very well-spoken, and I was just totally taken aback by Jawan. To me, I I see somebody that is a lot more mature than his age, somebody that is really well-spoken, somebody that has a, a really strong head on his shoulders, and somebody that, like you mentioned, has the measurables, um, but but has a lot of turmoil in his playing career with the injury history. And despite that, I think he's going to overcome that and do great things.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously we had him on the podcast when he committed to Oregon but hadn't gotten to Oregon yet. And it was great because, you know, we asked him the tough question, like, you know, why hasn't it worked out so far? What's going on? And he was very upfront, and I think he was very self-aware of what he needed to work on, work on catching the ball and some other things. And, uh, you know, it, it, that goes into the element of being coachable. You know, if you're coachable, if you'll at least acknowledge, you know, the areas you need to improve, I think that says a lot about you. And, and obviously, as we know from talking to him, Jawan John Johnson's very well aware of where he needs to get better. So, you know, if you combine that with the guy that's, once again, six foot five, six, six, whatever, you know, 225 pounds, that can run. Again, just just keep grinding away at it and see if you can see if you can make something out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, feel like
0: that pretty much ran the gamut on the uh, Ducks players departing for the NFL. Um, is there there anything else? Um, I, I guess we could talk about Kingsley because that's a pretty big story. How do you pretty feel well. about that? Ducks getting the four star.
1: Yeah, I mean. And again, it's almost like one of those things, like with Panay going to the NFL, it's like, okay, you know, it's coming, right? But it's, 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 you just never take it for granted. You know, you never count on it until that's happened. And, (laughs) and, and just, it's really, there was so much smoke with USC regarding Kingsley late in his recruitment there. You know, Oregon had felt good for so long. And just, you know, I feel bad. I, I feel bad because Kingsley's one of those kids that, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of pressure from social media and other people saying, why haven't you committed yet? Why haven't you committed yet? Well, you only get to enjoy the process once, right? you know, and, right. and here we are, you know, maybe he was close to committing last summer and, you know, that's all fine. It's only September. He still doesn't sign any paperwork for, for three plus months. You know, he still had tons of time and I, I understand the recruiting timelines accelerated, but there's still something to be said about the young man that, that chooses to take his time and not make a commitment and then take more other visits. You know, I, I have a lot of respect for somebody who says, I'm just going to wait. I want to take visits. And, and I feel bad because unfortunately he really wasn't able to take those visits um, you know, with the way COVID happened mm-hmm. uh, with way, all these things went down um, nothing he can control, but you know, ultimately he held off cause he wanted to take visits. Um, you know, Panesul announces that he's going to the NFL the next day, you know, basically later that day, Kingsley says he's going to announce the next day. Well, it seemed pretty obvious at that point what was kind of going down. And, uh, you know, the two are very close. You know, Panay worked out with him a lot this summer. Uh, they're related. They're, you know, they're close friends. They're close-knit. Um, and, and I just, you know, we go back and with all the praise that we leap on Panay, you think about it, that's a young man that came into the Oregon program uh, wasn't even the top ranked tackle uh, tackle in his recruiting class, and in two years at the age of nineteen, we are talking about him, and everyone's talking about him as a as a surefire top five draft pick. And uh, you know, if you're an offensive tackle, and, and you see that happen to you, your relative, somebody you're close with, right in front of your eyes, I mean, you know, kudos to Mario Cristobal because that that. uh that's, that's, uh, frankly, that's about as close as it's going to get to another member of the Sewell family for him, uh, <laughs> you know, in, in regards to recruiting somebody that way. But again, you know, you just, you know, if you're, if you Coach Chris Ball, if you're Coach mirrorball you know, anybody, you just don't take that stuff for granted. I know USC pushed hard, Alabama, a lot of schools, Oklahoma was trying to get in there at the end really, really hard too. And, uh, you know, relationships matter, um, you know, just a, a lot of people, will say one thing but do something else and and i think it's pretty obvious that you can see when coach Cristobal and coach Mirabal say hey this is what we're going to do and we're going to you see that action take place time and time again you know you know that that they mean it and 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 kingsley it was nice to get another commitment for the ducks it's nice for me again we're talking about sports you know playing watching live college football tonight well you know the people on my site. Their, their break from reality is checking on on recruiting and, and visits and the latest things that are going on. So, you know it's it's been a drought because Oregon recruited so supremely well in the spring. It's nice to get another commitment, maybe get a little bit more mojo uh, for the coaches and this re- and and the and the uh, and the coaching staff uh, for them to continue recruiting because there's still about five spots left and and there's some really big names on the board. But, you know, getting another another top fifty, top sixty level player. And bumping your recruiting class up to number three in the country is certainly uh, nothing to sneeze about.
0: No, no. Uh, a couple thoughts for me following up. I, I agree with you about how it can be frustrating the uh, the reaction on social media sometimes or on the blogs sometimes about you know why isn't so and so announcing his decision. I, I think back to when I was looking at colleges, and now I wasn't an athlete by any means. But I, I look back and I wish I would have given myself more time. That's a really hard decision to make. Where It's not just where are you going to study, but what are you going to study? Where are you going to live? What kind of life do you want to live? Those are hard questions at 16, 17 years old to figure out an answer to. And And I don't blame any kid for needing a little more time to do that.
1: No, uh, you know, I, I say this till I'm blue in the face to my kids. Enjoy being a kid. Right. I mean, you only get one shot at it. Those years go by so damn quick. You know, you blink and, you know, man, I was nine playing with Legos. And you, and you blink and you're, you know, you're 15 getting your permit and, and, and you blink and you're, you know, wearing a cap and gown and walking off the stage with your high school diploma. And, and, and it is. It's it's absolutely a blink of your life. And, you know, we as adults all are watching these young men make decisions go through their high school process you know the recruiting process and i know we get impatient about it but it's just so important to put the human element into place and you know some of these kids that that decide not only take time with their commitments but also decide hey i don't want to enroll early i want to enjoy prom i want to enjoy walking with my classmates shit, go do it. I get it. You know, I mean, you know, the NFL is not going anywhere. University of Oregon is not going anywhere. You know, none of these schools are going anywhere. I, you know, for me, if it was my own son and, and, and he said, I would not try and talk him out of it. You know, I, they enjoy the process. Enjoy yourself. You know, I would, I would emphasize being true to your word. You know, if you're going to make a commitment and you're ready to do it, you're going to stick with it. Otherwise enjoy the process, you know, and, and enjoy your high school days and, and, you know, there's there's no, absolutely zero, no shame in doing that whatsoever.
0: Yeah, yeah 100%. Uh, other thought that I had with him, um, I, I've been reading people talk about how the Ducks could just slot him in, and you already made the connection because they're family, um, but a lot of people think he could be a a impact player as a freshman, like Panay was. Do you feel that way?
1: Well, you know, it's crazy to think he's higher ranked than Panay out of high school. Um, you know, I, I I do. Ironically enough, I pay really close attention to the evals that Mud and QB11 do because I, I just think they're tremendous. And I'm not I'm not saying that because they're on my site. I think they're just so detailed right. and, you know, the use of video in there are, are tremendous help you know, when you read something and you're able to see it on film and, you know, those two guys, I, I trust as much as anybody um, that isn't on a coaching staff somewhere. And, and, and they spoke very highly of, of Kingsley, of his pass protection of, of his hands. Um, and really the only thing that I could see they wanted from him was maybe just to get a little thicker in the lower half. And I'm pretty sure we know a guy that can work on that for him when he gets to Oregon. So, I think the opportunity for him to come in and, and I love to use this word and be a contributor right away is very good. And a contributor doesn't have to be a starter. You know, that's the, the, the first guy off the bench. You know, if you're looking at, 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 at uh, coach Cristobal's organizational chart, you know, you see that he'll slot an offensive lineman uh, you know, a backup guy in that number two slot, he'll slot him in two or d- three different spots meaning, hey, this guy's coming off and he's going to be ready to play a guard for me. He could play right tackle. He could play center potentially. And I think Kingsley's a guy that very much has that makeup and that ability. And I, I do believe uh, I do believe, he walks into Oregon as a ready-made contributor and then working his way into a starting role.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, one last thing. I, I'm sure you knew his commitment before the world knew the commitment, but did you have any second guesses any any second thoughts when you saw the hat science out there on the
1: table you know i didn't i know uh it, it <laughs> seems as though the hat science never uh never fails you but i i do i do think it, it obviously did there um and and i just did i just didn't everything i'd heard you know it and The tip of the scale, I mean, for me, and I even said as much on Scoob Duck, okay, let's look at this just from a supremely distant look, okay? Uh, His cousin, his close friend, the guy he works out with, announces that he's going to the NFL. Later that day, Kingsley announces that he's committing and commits the next day. I mean, if, and I said as much, if Panay had gone to USC or Alabama, I would say, well, screw it, he ain't going to Oregon, you know, but, Knowing Panay was at Oregon and that they had close ties and that you see Oregon starting offensive tackle go to the NFL and you're an offensive tackle um, and you decide to commit later, later that day, I just don't think you had to be a rocket scientist to see the painting on the wall for that one. But maybe you did.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I'd been reading you and I'd been listening to you talk about this for months, but I see those hats on the table and, I mean, did, did they – they find that in a dumpster behind Dotson. Did they find that in a time machine? I just didn't know. You know.
1: Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm just gonna chalk it up to COVID. It's 2020, and it's COVID. So, you know, I guess everything's uh, there's no holds barred on anything anymore. Yeah. Nothing, nothing is sacred. Nothing is sacred. No. Nope. Amu 2020. <laughs> which uh, ironically ironically enough i had a beer last night and uh a brewery i'd never heard of but uh the beer is called uh f-u-c-k covid that's the name of the beer ooh, yeah ooh. yeah it was it was a pilsner so it's super light but yeah uh, it was just kind of funny to see i saw it in the store i'm like i gotta try that because yeah <laughs> i like that message
0: hey uh anything else Oregon duck related that you want to talk about before we get into five games and uh, wrap the pod Uh
1: you know no I mean I you know uh how, you know how do we keep doing this without making it all about COVID and 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 you know the loss of a season and and I think that's I, I know we touched on it but we don't want it to be the focal point but you know you did see the rapid testing come out Um, Something that Larry Scott was obviously super proud of. And, um, and it is great. It's great for the sport. It's great for the athlete. Um, I'm appreciative of that. But uh, I I continue and I'll touch on this. I, uh, once again, I don't believe that that moves up the timeline for the Pac-12 playing football. I still think you're looking at a late December, uh, early January season. Um, it doesn't matter. I, 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 you know, how, whatever happens with the sec and the ACC and the big 12, the next few weeks, I don't think that'll impact the PAC 12, um, in either direction. I think they're kind of set on that being the timeline. I think the rapid testing, if anything helps basketball possibly, um, you know, I I don't know that they're necessarily going to keep their timeline, but I think it'll keep it a lot closer um than what football's experienced. So um I think it's a benefit there to, you know, not just Oregon, but I mean the Pac twelve basketball men and women, um, probably pass basketball on a national scale. So I do take it as a positive for there. I know everybody wants to assume that means football's gonna happen in October. It's not. It 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 can't. Um I I shouldn't say it can't, it won't. You know, Mario Crisball I know for a fact won't sign off on anything that gives him less than eight to nine weeks to prepare his team. And, and I think that's the minimum, you know, you'd really like to have nine or 10 and, and what goes into that? You know, why, why, man, why so long? Why aren't, well, Hey, they haven't been training for weeks now. All the players have gone home. So all the training that they've done over the summer, voluntary or not is gone by the wayside. So you need to bring those kids back. When they get back on campus, you've got to quarantine them for a week. Have mm-hmm. to, everybody's <laughs> going to come in and test go and quarantine and retweet, retest after that week. And then you can just, then can you start conditioning and doing the light training? You want to work with them for two, three, four weeks on that before you actually start uh, a camp of any sort, um, you know, which would include pads and hitting and all that kind of stuff. And then you need another three or four weeks there. So, you know, right out of the gate, you're talking about eight weeks, nine weeks, 10 weeks minimum just for anything to happen. And, and last I checked today is uh what is today? September 10th. I think it is. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you scale this thing out 10 weeks from today, you know, October, November, you're looking at late November at the earliest. And that's if you started today. So, uh, you know, ultimately, I just don't think there's much to, to gain from the rapid testing for football. But I think it's a game changer for basketball.
0: Yeah, I, I largely agree with you. I, I think back to I believe it was Tuesday. Coach Cristobal did an interview on one of the radio stations here in Portland. And they asked him about that, and he said, just like you did, eight to nine weeks. Um, they, they asked him, you know, how, how much time do you need to get ready and play a game? And he explained, you can't just get the guys on campus. You've got to get them on campus. You've got to go through all of those protocols, and I think those are proper protocols to keep players safe. But then you have to phase players into game shape because we've talked about this before, at, at every level of football, not just college football, but you see it in high school and you see it in youth ball, if your players aren't ready for the speed of the game, they're going to get hurt.
1: Yeah, they're going to get hurt. I mean, if if the if the forefront of all these decisions is player safety and that's the reason they're not playing now is, is player safety concerns over COVID, you've got to have equally, if not as much concern over their well-being and their health you know, getting them back into football and, and football, is such a violence, but it's not like golf where you could say, all right, you guys, you know, get out there and, and you'll, you'll work it out and work through it. And no disrespect to golf obviously it takes a tremendous amount of strength and athleticism, but it's not the same as football. And you gotta look, you gotta put player safety at the forefront. That's why I think, you know, and I think Kristen ball's response was largely in response to, you know, something Jim Harbaugh said, you know, and, you know, oh, I can have my guys ready in two weeks. Well, could you have them ready, you know, safely? Are they going to be ready? Are they willing to do that? Have, have you continued training this whole time? You know, I think there was, I think that was kind of the response to that. I don't, I don't think he was doing it as a shot, but it's like, well, you know, I can't have my guys ready in two weeks and here's why. And, uh, you know, again, so yeah, I, I mean, I, am you know, I'm, I want to see Pac-12 football as bad as any of you. Uh, but again, I think we're, I think we're stuck with that late December, early January, and regardless of what else happens and, and what other conferences do what, I think that's what the Pac 12's targeted. And I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Five games. Five games. Football.
0: All right. Five games. Um, It was tough to come up with five games this week. And and, and I guess before I I get into this, I'll explain what this is in case somebody just started listening to us during the pandemic. (laughs) But uh, last college football season, and and I think the year before that too, we have a tradition every week we tell you about five games we want to watch on TV. And um, like I was saying – Tough to come up with a five this week because there's only two conferences playing. Um, you go first, J-Hop. L- let's let's get your five games. What are you watching?
1: Well, for starters, you and I are recording this midday on a Thursday, and later tonight uh, there's football. There's co- uh, college football, and there's uh, National Football League. Really? And, uh, I yeah, had no idea. I mean, <laughs> so for me personally and my thirsty Thursdays, you know, which is when I go out and have a couple beers with my buddies. Uh, now we get to go somewhere and have something on the TV actually worth watching yeah. uh, and drinking beer. It's almost like a normal, normalcy sort of a thing. Now, I'm not sure how that's going to work today, per se, because of all the fires around here and a lot of businesses are closed. But it gives me optimism for the coming weeks. So that said, uh, we don't normally do this, but I will just because of the pandemic. Uh, we've got the Texans and the Chiefs for the NFL tonight. And uh, just a real quick one there. I got the Chiefs over the Texans, probably a big one there. That's not one of my five. It's just for everybody. A reminder, which means you also need to make sure you set your fantasy football lineups uh, as well. I know that we're all working our way back into this. But for five games, college football, the SEC has yet to begin. So our focal point is really obviously within the ACC uh, and the Big 12 And uh, so for me, you know, there's a college football game tonight. They made the list. It's UAB versus Miami, kind of an intriguing game. You know, Miami was a bit of a dumpster fire uh, last year and just has really been in shambles for years now in terms of of on-field production. So I've got UAB versus Miami, A, because I think it's an interesting game and I want to see where Miami's at, but also because it's our Thursday game tonight and I'm excited to watch it. Uh, Georgia Tech versus FSU. I don't know why Willie Taggart's not there anymore, but I feel like we're forever linked to Florida State football. Um, y- you know, I'm a pretty big fan of Mike Norvell. I know he's had a bit of a rough, a rough spring and a rough summer with his team, and some and some turmoil things going on there. Um, I guess we'll see tonight how much of that, you know, he's been able to iron out. Um, you know, we saw Memphis. Uh, his former team roll it up last weekend. I watched some of that game a little bit, and they still look pretty impressive. Um, I like Mike Norvell. I think it was a good hire for Florida State. Um, I do think they'll beat Georgia Tech, but I'm just kind of interested to see. I'm interested to see how much better he can basically do with most of Willie Taggart's players than Willie Taggart was able to do. So I guess we'll just, we'll just watch it because that's 1230 on Saturday. I've got Mizzou State versus Oklahoma. Is Oklahoma back? How old they're? Fourth quarterback in four years. Look, uh, Spencer Rattler being the starter there. That's a four o'clock game. Uh, I've got Clemson versus Wake just because you got to watch Clemson. You got to see Trevor Lawrence. I think Clemson uh, was one of the teams that would have been in a final four with Oregon uh, had we seen a normal season. Um, we won't, but I think Clemson will still roll the crap out of wake and I still just want to watch it anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, last game is, uh, also probably much like my first two it's UTEP versus Texas. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. You know, not because UTEP should win, but Texas once again is a team that's underperformed, you know, Tom Herman's a bit under fire down there. Um, it's a five o'clock game. So it's going to be, you know, the last game on Saturday or because we don't have pack 12 after dark um so yeah i got utep versus texas there i think last i looked texas was somewhere in the top 15 maybe around number 12 i think that's being generous but i guess we'll get a first look at at uh if that's legit or not on saturday so that's my five games the nfl game what you got matt so
0: so no pac-12 after dark but right are we gonna get the longhorn network after dark
1: well i do <laughs> but yeah I, I also still have Directv for reasons unbeknownst to me i keep threatening to get rid of them every month and then i forget to and i need to but yeah uh, i i see i i went
0: whoa because i had that game on my list but i didn't see that coming from you i, I totally agree about texas um i don't know if they're going to be good this year but i want them to be good this year and right and in theory Tom Herman has had a bit of a buffer now. He's had a couple of years to build up that team. In theory, they could be really good.
1: Right. They're the, they're the Washington of the Big 12. Overhyped, underperform every year.
0: <laughs> uh, I like that analogy. I like that. Um, I, I've got FSU Georgia Tech as well. Uh, same reason for me, even though I think we view Mike Norvell from different sides. Um, I, I've hinted before, I think on this podcast, that... I have a couple connections to that Memphis program and and a couple people from there that he left a really sour taste in their mouths. Um, and so I, I'm not that high on him at Florida State, and I'm just curious, kind of like what you said, of you want to see how he does with Willie Taggart's players, whether he can do better. I want to see if they get worse. I, I want to see just what that situation is like there at Florida State and uh, whether they can get back on their feet soon. And then Clemson, Wake, it's Clemson. It's it's one of the, the giants of college football. I I know they're gonna steamroll Wake Forest, but I just want to watch that anyway. Uh, the other two games for me, I want to see history. I want to see something we've never ever seen in college football, and. NBC on Saturday morning, Notre Dame plays their first ACC game ever. I want to see that.
1: That's a good point. I did see that game on there. I thought, okay, Notre Dame is going to roll, but yeah. you're, that that makes a good point. It's
0: history. I mean, they've never played a conference football game. Uh, Notre Dame Duke on NBC. I've got that one down. Irish are kind of like Texas for me this year. I don't know if they're going to be good, but I just want to find out. And then this is total football geekdom for me. I, I put these guys on because they absolutely crushed it last week, and I forgot how fun their system is. Um, my, my hot take for the year is that at least one group of five team will make the playoff, and I want to see Army again. I want to see them run that triple option and put up a lot of points I don't know if they're going to win. I, I don't think they're a playoff team, but I just want to see. I, I want to watch some more Group 5 stuff this year. So I have uh, CBS Sports, Army, Louisiana Monroe. That's on my five. Interesting.
1: Yeah, but, but good games. I think overall we agree on something that is that we're just excited to have football back, whatever yeah. the case might be, fans, no fans, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I, it's funny because, you know, you know, you and I did our little, you know, chat before we hit the record button. And, you know, when you said, hey, you want to do five games? I was like, oh, shit, football's back. Hell yeah, I want to do five <laughs> games. And that, I mean, that was what honestly went through my head. So it's just, uh, you know, Pac-12 is not playing. I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to enjoy some other conferences playing football and and uh, I guess have a little more free time on Saturdays to uh, devote to that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how today gets any better. i got Thursday Night Football on the radio here locally, 96.1, 580 the game, and across the state on your Westwood One Sports Affiliates. Um, on TV, obviously. Can't miss it. Going to watch Chiefs-Texans. already got a bad bet involving that game, so I'm looking forward to that. And a box of sessions to keep me company and a bunch of college football this weekend. You know, there's there's a lot of crap in the world, and and I know a lot of heartbreak for the folks on the Sanium River, for the folks in Staten, for the folks in Clackamas County, and, and for the people uh, in the McKenzie River area, and, and for all of us in Southern Oregon. But at least we have something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully everybody's going to have power by the weekend. I know there's a lot of outages everywhere. And, uh, yeah. Yeah got to get a got to get that break away and and uh you know I don't know you know seems like most of the state of Oregon's under a fair amount of smoke so if you got to stay inside you might as well at least have something to watch while you're inside right
0: right uh last thing um kind of a fun question and and then we'll wrap on a more serious note if you might hear that vibration in the background I'm curious how many phone calls or how many text messages have you gotten in the last 30 minutes
1: uh, that's a good question. I I I tried to clear them out as best possible. So I don't know. It's probably been <laughs> the last. The last few days have been crazy. Um, not just only with work, but obviously these fires get close to my house. My phone blew up like crazy yesterday, and and which I'm appreciative of. Right. that means people care about my well being and my family, and uh, you know, so I, I absolutely it makes me feel tremendous inside to know that 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 people do you know care about me in that way and uh but yeah today's been mostly work a few people checking in i think i had about 13 or 14 text messages um i don't know four or five emails and then some other notifications from twitter and stuff so um it's it's even and that's slow i know you know that's slow i mean when we we're doing them in the in the you know in the studio together i'd set my phone down and it'd just be you know and uh you know even then i don't know if you and I are recording this on Thursday once again, but, uh, and I just posted the juice, you know, I, th- there's still stuff going on. There's still activity. I know a lot of people have tuned out. Some people are, 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 are lightly watching, but there's still a lot of stuff going on. There's recruiting. We got football, you know, before we know that's something, I, something else I was thinking about which leads into this is, <clears throat> even if they start playing football and we'll just say late December, you know, they, they, they begin the football season in late December, and, you know, Oregon needs, um, you know, we'll just say they need 10 weeks to get prepared for it. We're getting really close to that 10 week mark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're just a couple of weeks away. So even if it is a January season or whatnot, um, it, it feels like we're kind of at that, at that time where it's just a week or two before fall camp. Well, we kind of technically are. So uh, uh, lot's going on. And then not to mention along there, you know, the top recruits don't commit. As early. So you've got Corey Foremans and JT Tuamalo's and, and Bryce Foster's and those guys hanging out there. Well, you know, we're approaching December and they're gonna have to start making their decisions. So it'll be nice just to have newsworthy news going on and helping us all continue to escape from from some of the uh the harshness realities that are going on in our daily lives. But uh but yeah, my phone's staying busy uh not gonna lie my thirsty thursday crew also put in a couple texts in in the middle of that and you know are we getting together tonight can we have a beer and watch the game and stuff like that so uh so yeah i don't know. i don't know what's what's uh that's just that's just my phone i guess i'm just used to it i don't know if anybody else would i'm on a tangent now but i watched uh the social dilemma on netflix and i don't know if you have no um but it was a special and it was um if you haven't watched it, it's basically you know a bit of a of a documentary, if you will. Um, but a lot of the premise of the show—it's about 90 minutes long. The premise of the show is is uh, about a half dozen or so people that were uh, integrally, in, integrally involved in the development and and production at the social media giants like google like facebook like instagram snapchat pinterest or are former developers and stuff that go in to kind of tell you like do you understand why you get into a rabbit hole on your phone there's a reason why <laughs> you know <and> it, <laughs> it really wakes you up you're like oh crap i spend too much time on my phone and then you know i start looking at my kids that i yell at them constantly for spending too much time on the phone and i start looking it's like I watched that show and I go, oh crap. Now, you know, it's, it's pretty tremendous. So that's my shout out for the week. I guess Is watch the social dilemma on Netflix. Cause that was a, uh, that was definitely a little eye opening. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. And, uh, one last thing to wrap up the show. Sorry about okay. that. I, I got the, the forest fire smoke off in the background and it, it there's a reason I don't smoke anymore. It, it really screws up my lungs. Um, I'm a big believer in using your platform, whatever that platform may be. For me, it's my radio show. For you, it's the site. For us, I think it's this podcast to get the word out and shine a spotlight and inform people when we need to. Um, with all these fires across the state in Southern Oregon, in Eugene, in the Portland area, etc. cetera. Um, what do you want to tell people? What do you want to get the word out?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, much like I said at the beginning, just, I mean, A, be smart. If, you're, if your house is in danger, if your family's in danger, you know, get out. Don't be stubborn. You know, save yourself. Everything else can be replaced. Um, you know, just just obviously it's common sense, and I know everybody will, will do that. But But more importantly, figure out a way to help. If you ha- if, if if you have the means, look on social media, look on Facebook, look somewhere, ask a friend, call your friend, you know, find out a way that you can help. And I know like for me, I sit here and I wish that I could fill up my cooler full of beer and take it down to the firefighter station they have. It's right down the road from me where they their, their little headquarters um, by the uh, by the fairgrounds here. I wish I could take a cooler beer down there and take them all out to pizza and buy them pizza. But I know, they, you know that you can't do that right now. They can't do it right now. And so just continue to figure out the ways that you can help them, help the displaced families. Um, you know, a lot of places like Red Cross, United Way, they're taking money. And, and some people don't like to give money. They like to do something else. Well, unfortunately, money goes a long way. You know, it helps them quite a bit and they're able to get the things they need um, it, usually at, at bulk discounts as well so it works out better but if that's not you round up some old clothes round up blankets I know blankets are a big thing right now um, stuff that you don't use and, and just uh, again be positive you know uh, drive around your community if it's safe for you and, and 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 look for people that just might need a hand or or, or need need a truck you don't know, need the bed of a truck um, there's always something you can do so um, you know you know me I'm a positive guy I always try to encourage people to do one positive thing a day or, or, you know, have a random act of kindness, you know, at least once a week or so, and, and and it all pays off. I just, there's so much hate and anger on social media and stuff. It's like, man, if we all get together and start doing kind things, it'll it'll pay off. And, you know, this is just a reminder that. It's an unfortunate reminder, but it's a reminder to, to do those things, and, and we'll be a better community for it.
0: Yeah, I just want to add and post, uh, I'm a big believer in... Everybody has an idea of of like the priority essentials that they would pack if they had to leave in, in ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Get your clothes, get your food, things like that. Uh, baby diapers, you know, med- medication, all that stuff. Um, I I'm a big believer in keep track of the valuables, the memories, the photo album, the um, You know the uh, the wedding video Uh, my parents had a box of VHS tapes at the house We lived in growing up things like that that you can't replace things that I I think about how This fire in Southern Oregon Burned through a home that my dad and I used to live in out in talent that the whole neighborhood is gone now just completely raised and you you can always buy clothes. You can always buy diapers. You can always go buy food or, or go to the expo. Go you know to a shelter, um, but they can't replace those those cherished memories, the photo albums and the wedding tapes, things like that. Um, the the valuables, the knickknacks. You're not going to think of that in the moment, but I implore you you know keep a list on your phone. Know where that stuff is. Know how to get to it. Get to it quick and and take it even if you don't think you need to take it because you'll regret it afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing to me is, like you said, I love that you and, and your partner and your family are, are donating right now and trying to help people right now because I think that's the big push of, of there are churches and you mentioned the Jackson County Expo and, and a lot of organizations that are trying to help people. And I think if you're not in an evac zone, like my parents are lucky in East Medford or, or I think some of the Eugene area folks, um, if, if you're not right there in the McKenzie River area and you're not in an evac zone, I think the best thing we can all do is help the helpers and, and donate stuff and get the supplies that they need and that the people they're helping need so that we try to alleviate the, um, the unthinkable.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very stressful. It's a lot of, you know, a lot going on at once, and those guys are all being pulled in in different directions. And and unfortunately, as much as I'd like to get out there with my hose and help them, we got to let the experts do their job and and help where we can. So, um, but yeah, and that's the goal. Always just try and make a positive impact on the day for somebody somewhere.
0: That's the goal. That's the dream. And we'll try again on that goal very soon. This is Scoop Duck and Hi Fi. My name is Matt Bagley. As always, I want to say thanks for listening. Go Ducks.
1: can do this